This is the KOTO Community Radio News for Friday, May 20th. I'm Julia Caulfield. In today's headlines, Sims Fire forces residents to evacuate, a day in the life of a minor with Vinton Cole, Listening Club spends a Sunday in the park with George, and a mountain weather forecast. Sims Mesa residents were forced to evacuate on Thursday night as a wildfire grew near the Incompagre Plateau on the Grand Mesa, Incompagre, and Gunnison National Forests. They had a controlled burn uh, yesterday afternoon that uh, exceeded capability of whoever was doing the controlled burn. That's John Bennett, District Chief of the Telluride Fire Protection District. The fire is located 15 miles southwest of Montrose on the Montrose-Uray County line. According to the Montrose County Sheriff's Office, the fire is currently burning just over 370 acres and is 0% contained. Residents between Sims Mesa Road, Government Springs Road, and Wildcat Canyon were told to evacuate. The Red Cross set up an evacuation center at the Ridgeway Secondary School. There are currently 10 structures in danger of the fire, and three structures have been lost. The Telluride Fire Protection District is on the scene. With this Sims Mesa fire, we sent crews out last night. So we sent a Type 3 and uh, Chief John Shirosky, our chief um, fire operations chief, is there to help overhead and maintain safety um, protocol while they fight this fire. Other personnel are further south. Our seasonal crew is in just outside of uh, Las Vegas, New Mexico on the CAF fire. And they'll be there for 14, and it sounds like they'll stay attached to that fire for another 14 days. So they're working hard, and and the beauty of that is we're kind of paying forward to our neighbors. And when we have events like we did um, a year or so ago with the Green Meadows fire, when we call for help, it's really nice to know that you've got your neighbors and and other um, agencies that are willing to respond to our neighborhood and help us. While the Sims fire is near San Miguel County, Chief Bennett says there's no immediate major fire danger. Currently, I would say we're in in pretty good shape. And based off of uh, current and expected weather patterns, uh, they're calling for snow over the weekend. So let's hope we see that. Um, Rain would also be acceptable. Um, I'd like to see this wind go away. That's, That's the big threat to us right now. While he notes it's obviously not the intention for a prescribed burn to get out of hand, he adds those prescribed burns are also necessary to keep worse wildfire from catching. I'm certainly a huge fan of of utilizing fire on the the landscape to mitigate fire hazard. I, I think that, you know, as we continue to extend into the wildland-urban interface, people become less and less comfortable seeing smoke in the air. And, uh, you know, from my perspective, that's a great tool both uh, financially and uh, returning those nutrients to to the earth. With that said, Bennett says it's important for residents to take steps to protect their homes and property. If you're in an area that you have trees up against the house, my recommendation might be change that location. Um, Generally, we look at trying to encourage people to have a non-combustible buffer or barrier from the house out five feet, so might be gravel. If you've got tall grasses, take time to cut those grasses down to a a shorter level. 
And generally what happens in a wildfire, there are two events. Either the home is impacted directly by flame, so we cut grass to limit the height of the flame front. The other one is embers that are thrown out in front of the fire. And that then impacts what choices you make in building materials. Even if you're not in charge of the landscaping or building of your home, Bennett says there are steps to take. Understand what valuables you can live without, you know, and have a plan when you're asked to evacuate to have that stuff ready to go. Bennett urges residents to sign up for code red alerts. So the important things, understand where you go. And part of that, in our unique situation, both the town of Telluride, the town of Mountain Village, town of Ophir, all one way in, one way out, pretty much. Ophir a little different. Telluride, you could probably get away with it, unless you have a a low clearance car. But the code red matters because that's where the direction on where emergency officials are going to ask you to evacuate. Are we going west towards Norwood? Are we going south towards Rico or Cortez? What that looks like. And it's, it's just really important to be connected. Code Red sign-up is available at sanmiguelcountyco.gov on the sheriff's page. You can't touch this. You can't touch this. The school year is coming to a close with several sports sprinting to the finish line. This week on A Day in the Life of a Minor, Telluride High School's Finton Cole brings the latest. This is Finton Cole in her last sports update. Boys varsity lacrosse leveled up, but the second round didn't go their way. They lost 17-2 against the cadets. But we are so proud of our boys for making it that far. Small town, big day. Girls Varsity Lacrosse lost to the Battle Mountain Huskies 13-4. Girls Varsity Soccer beat the Vanguard Coursers 2-1, but lost to the Lamar Savages 3-0. Due to the law passing on native on changing Native American mascots, I have a new name suggestion for the for Lamar High School. The Packers. Thank you for another wonderful year, Miss Julia, and to all the coaches who helped make it happen. I'm Fenton Cole reporting live from Telluride High School, and we'll see you next year. This Monday, the Wilkinson Public Library hosts its monthly listening club. It's like a book club, but for albums. KOTO's own Matt Hoysh will lead the May Gathering about his record of choice, Sunday in the Park with George, by Stephen Sondheim and James Lapine. KOTO News spoke with Hoysh about his selection. White. A blank page or canvas? The challenge... Bring order to the whole. Whenever anyone asks me what my favorite musical is, I say this. I say Sunday in the Park with George is my favorite musical. Composition. Tension. It is about the 19th century French artist George Seurat and his painting, A Sunday Afternoon on the Island of La Grande Jatte, which is a pointillist painting 
of a scene in a park. In the 1980s, Stephen Sondheim and this playwright James Lapine teamed up to write this musical about this artist and this piece he's making and the struggles of making art and the ways that making art can sometimes come between us and our personal relationships and how oftentimes you really do have to sacrifice connections to people you love to make great art. Um, and that's a message that for better or worse has always resonated with me. We are going to be listening to the original Broadway cast recording, Mandy Patinkin, Bernadette Peters, and all of the original folks. There have been two Broadway revivals since with some lovely moments. Jake Gyllenhaal was in the most recent one in 2017, actually. But we're not going to listen to those. We're going to listen to the OG. I first came to this musical, if I'm remembering correctly, it was probably somewhere around eighth grade. I liked musicals and I liked Sondheim. My mom had the original Broadway cast recording of Company, like the CD of it, and I remember listening to that in the car and for whatever reason that imprinting on me. And so maybe it was just like, I thought I'm a person that likes musicals and likes Sondheim, so I'm gonna like this. I don't know, maybe there was a bit of a cart before the horse thing there, but it's paid off, because um, I still really love it. There's a song toward the end of the show called Move On, which is kind of the big 11 o'clock, show's almost over, big number. Are you working on something new? It's a duet between the great-grandson of this 19th century artist and the ghost of the subject of this painting. And if that didn't captivate you to see this musical, I don't know what will. Anyway, there's this duet that happens between these two people. This this artist is now kind of in contemporary times in the 1980s, and he is, is, is kind of struggling in his own way. He feels that he's lost his own artistic spark. He doesn't really think he's getting anything from the art he's making. Um, and in a very beautiful theatrical way, the ghost of the subject of this painting connects with him and, and appears. Um, and they sing this song about the importance of, of moving on in life. And there is this kind of bizarre bitterness to it, too. There's this one lyric that's sung that's, um, the choice may have been mistaken, the choosing was not this idea that sometimes you're going to make a choice and it's going to be a bad choice, but just the act of making a choice is the important thing to do. And I often think about that just in terms of of feeling, whenever I'm feeling stagnant or uninspired or, or in search of something, um, that's something I turn to and, and have, have um, thought a lot about over the many past few years. Notice every tree. Notice every tree. Understand the light. Understand the light. Concentrate I on want love. to walk. I want to explore the light. I want to know how to get through, through to something new, something of my own. The musical does in some ways sound like the painting. Um, Sondheim, when he was composing the music for this, noted that Seurat, I think he said that, that Seurat uses 12 colors in this painting and that that corresponds to 12 keys on like a piano scale. And he wanted to, you know, use different notes to correspond to different colors and get very artsy fartsy with it. And then eventually he realized it's not going to sound good. It'll be theoretically cool, but not interesting. Um, but there is a lot of like staccato bum, 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 bum in the rhythms of the piece, which if you imagine someone painting with dots as, as George Seurat did, you get a lot of ba 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 on the painting. So there is a way that art imitates art. The end of act one is essentially the painting is created and the final image of the act is 
you know, in a lot of productions, a curtain coming down with the painting, and then you see the painting that has been being created throughout this whole act. And there's this song that is sung, and it's called Sunday. Um, and I remember I talked a few years ago with the, the New York Times theater critic, Ben Brantley. I was talking about Sondheim with him. And I asked him what his favorite um, moment in a Sondheim show was. And he brought up that act one finale of Sunday. And not only did he say that was his favorite Sondheim moment, he said, and I might be misquoting, but I think I remember right, that that was his most profound moment in the theater. That was his most profound theatrical experience was seeing this finale, this song. And it's so like, it's so delicate. It's not a big thing like Les Miserables at the end is, is one day more that big act one finale that's huge. And this, for whatever reason, it's, it's a lot softer than that. Um, but everything just comes together in this very satisfying way that, you know, when you make good art and it comes together, there, there's that moment where you just put exhale. And that's what, that's what that song tends to be. Matt Hoysh will lead the May Listening Club on Sunday in the Park with George by Stephen Sondheim and James Lapine on Monday, May 23rd from 6 to 7 p.m. on the library's lower terrace. More information is available at telluridelibrary.org. The Colorado Department of Transportation will be conducting several improvement projects in the area over the next several months. CDOT will conduct striping along a number of highways in southwest Colorado, including on Highway 145 between Telluride and Natarita, mile marker 71 to 117. The project will involve painting white and yellow lines along the highway. The work will take place Monday through Friday, 7 a.m. to 5 p.m. Drivers may expect short delays. CDOT will also begin a bridge rehabilitation project on the west end on Highway 141, on bridges over Natarita Creek at mile marker 59, the San Miguel River, 14 miles north of Natarita at mile marker 74, and over the Dolores River, 28 miles south of Natarita at mile marker 88. The project is preventative and aimed at extending the lives of the bridges. Work will begin on May 23rd with hours Monday through Friday, 7 a.m. to 7 p.m. Vehicles will encounter single-lane alternating traffic during that time. Motorists can expect up to 15-minute delays. The project is expected to run through the end of September. Get your grit on and your race legs ready. The John Wayne Cancer Foundation is hosting a True Grit half marathon and 5K trail race in Ridgeway this summer. The race will meander through locations seen in the original 1969 film True Grit. Organizers say the run is a challenging course on single track trails and fire roads, crossing private ranches only accessible to racers. The scenery includes views of the San Juan Mountains, the True Grit Barn, wildflower valleys, and herds of majestic elk. The True Grit Half Marathon and 5K Trail Race will take place in Ridgeway on Saturday, August 27th. Registration is available at johnwayne.org. 
San Miguel is in the top three richest counties in Colorado. That's according to Smart Asset, a financial technology company out of New York. The company measured the amount of investment income generated by each county, in addition to the per capita income and median home value. San Miguel came in third place with a median home value at nearly $609,000 and a per capita income at roughly $94,000. Eagle County came in second, with Pitkin County taking the top spot, with a home value at roughly $782,000 and a per capita income of just over $155,000. Low reservoir levels across the West means a higher risk for toxic blue-green algae blooms. Researchers focusing on the Blue Mesa Reservoir near Gunnison say they need to bolster their monitoring efforts in order to better understand the problem. KBUT's Christopher Biddle reports. Federal researchers started focusing on blue-green algae blooms in the Blue Mesa Reservoir in 2021. It involved both satellite imagery and water sampling checked against each other for the sake of accuracy. Can we develop remote sensing methods to improve detection monitoring of harmful algal blooms? And can we improve our understanding of processes that lead to these algal blooms? Tyler King is a hydrologist with the U.S. Geological Survey. He says the data collected last year showed one obvious fact. They needed more data. Blooms can change substantially in the five-day period between satellite imaging. What you can see is that the bloom has greatly increased, or it's bloomed from upstream to downstream. In other words, the blooms moved too fast to capture any useful info. And we don't necessarily have the data between these two images to know what has happened. How how did it propagate from upstream to downstream? The Blue Mesa Reservoir is the largest body of water in Colorado and a major driver in the local tourist economy. It's also one of the highest elevation, large-scale reservoirs in the Colorado River Basin. King says federal agencies hope to use what they learn at Blue Mesa to address similar problems at other large reservoirs across the West. King presented to the Gunnison Board of County Commissioners Tuesday along with Sonia Chavez of the Upper Gunnison River Water Conservancy District. They successfully requested a letter of support from the board for a grant application to fund the increased monitoring. For KBUT News, I'm Christopher Biddle. Colorado is preparing to spend $1.5 million on a variety of programs aimed at getting youth from underserved communities into the great outdoors. KOTO Scott Franz has more. 170 groups have applied for the money. They will use it to address racial inequities in accessing the outdoors and fund programs for people with disabilities. Governor Jared Polis says demand for the grants was so high this year, the state is tripling the amount it was originally planning to spend. He says the awards will be announced by the end of the month. State Representative Leslie Harrod led the effort to create the outdoor equity program. She said last year many black and brown residents feel othered in the outdoors and the funding would help remove barriers. The new grant program is supported by the state's lottery fund. I'm Scott Franz. The National Weather Service forecast for the western San Juans calls for rain and snow showers tonight, with mostly cloudy skies and a low around freezing. Saturday, there is a slight chance of rain and snow showers, with mostly sunny skies and a high around 50 degrees. Saturday night, there is a chance of rain and snow showers, with mostly cloudy skies and a low in the mid-30s. 
Sunday should be mostly cloudy with a chance of showers and a high near 60 degrees. Winds could gust as high as 35 miles per hour. Sunday night, there's a chance of rain and snow showers with mostly cloudy skies and a low around 35 degrees. This has been the news for Friday, May 20th. Thanks for listening. If you have a story idea or a news tip, call the news team at 970-728-3206.